1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hans and Scotty, as we're live here, Larry H. Miller, used car supermarket. Joining us now, a man who was hanging out with us till about 11 o'clock last night. He was at the arena. Hans and I and others were at the uh, Zions Bank basketball campus. But Britton Johnson joins us now on the Sprint special guest line, where you can list, lease an iPhone X or 8 and get an iPhone 8 on them. Visit the Sprint store near you for details. Britton, how you doing? I'm doing good, Scotty. Have we recovered from last night yet? It no. got it got a little loose. No, it, it got a little rough last night. I'm not going to lie. I I didn't know whether to feel ashamed or just excited that that last segment was finally over. It was a, it was a mixed was bag rough. of emotions. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Hans and I both we talked afterwards. I'm like, my, I I don't know. My stomach hurts a little bit after laughing so hard. Re- regrettable. Regrettable. Does that word come? That, that, that came to my mind. Yeah. Uh, regrettable, but funny. But regrettable. Funny. Yeah. I'm just glad I heard you guys a little bit today uh, in the car, and I heard you blaming hands, Jake Scott, for not knowing the proper pronunciation of, of our third-round pick name. And so I'm just happy that you didn't blame me on that. You knew no, better no, than I would have no clue. No, I'm not blaming hands. I'm not blaming Jake. I'm blaming everybody. You included, for just not oh. like, for not like, you know, maybe an assist there. Like I felt like I was the only one with only my like, only my <laughs> close enough. And I just the problem is I didn't know how to spell it to to actually Google it to find out more information on the guy. So everybody's like I E E I O M U S E. I'm like, this isn't the Mickey Mouse Club. Yeah. Like, give me a give me a spelling on this thing. And then Lloyd like was like, "Here it is. I'm smarter than you." And handed me his phone, and so that that ticked me yeah, off Br- even more. Brett, you didn't see what happened there. L- Lloyd handed Scotty the phone with the Wikipedia pay- po- page pulled up. Scotty looked at it and actually threw the phone back at yeah. Lloyd. It hit Lloyd kind of in the lower part of his chin and across his throat. It was horrible. Yeah. I mean, but look, Brit- Britain Britain's okay with it. He's had his phone thrown around before. It's it's not a big deal. So whoa, whoa. Stop. whoa. Oh, snap. What are you doing? What? That's a reference to a, an incident that happened a couple of years ago. Oh, no. I thought Stop I, would, I, I, just Stop. Thought that, I just thought back in the day, you know, that might have happened to him. So what happened in that situation? I don't know. I'm just talking. In, I, I imagine Britton probably has had his phone thrown. Britton, has anybody tossed your phone? <laughs> Not that I can remember. See? Okay, case closed then. Sorry. Well, I'm sure my uh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure my wife and kids have thrown my phone around. Yes. A uh, out of the three picks, the number fifty, fifty-three, and fifty-eight. Which one intrigues you the most? Ooh, I'm going to go with Jarrell Brantley. I think it's where the Jazz need the most help. And Scott, I love what you said earlier on the radio today about. This not being anything where they're just, you know what the nicest thing is, hands about second round draft picks, which I think is very smart for the Jazz because a lot of people are like, why are you doing this? Why are you buying these? Why are you trading up um, instead of waiting to see if you can pull these guys out of free agency? Swing and miss in the second round all you want. It's kind of like, you know, purchase those guys and you, they don't pan out all well, right? But you draft, you, you switch and change things around. In the first round, you do something drastic, you swing there and you miss, and it, and it comes back to bite you, you know, via your fan base, via your wins and losses. So I just figure, why not? 
Britton Johnson joining us here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Uh, when you look at the Mike Conley trade, and maybe we focus on that a little bit, uh, how much better, in your opinion, does that make this Jazz team? Uh, it, it does a ton. And I apologize, guys, I'm driving, and so if I cut out, uh, just hit me right back. But I am going around the point of the mountain right now, so it could get scary. Um, I know they you know, I know I, they love you down in Utah County, so. Don't they? You know what? I mean, I'm, I'm treated like royalty because I just, you know, you know whose name they think I am down there, so. Yeah. It's it's royalty. Chris Burgess. <laughs> <laughs> Chris. I, I have not heard that one before, no. Sean Bradley and Keith Van Horn, yes. You know what, but Scotty? I think it. I think it changes things drastically. Just point blank in hand. You did an incredible job the other day of talking about his scoring percentages, um, his ability to score one on one when things shut down, when there's no other scoring options, when the pick roll is not going well. Yeah, Jazz now have another player, Donovan Mitchell, and outside of Donovan Mitchell with Conley to to go and get you those tough buckets that you need. Not only does that help the Jazz as a team in scoring, but just other players now. The, the shots that Joe Ingles is taking in the corner, the shots that Royce O'Neal needs to knock down, those jumpers that Derek Favors needs to knock down, everything becomes less stressful. I, I, I harp on this all the time. The Golden State Warriors don't know what it's like to take a stressful shot. right? Clay Thompson can miss eight in a row, and the, and the Warriors are going to be just fine. You know, uh, the Jazz have never been able to really experience that. I just think that things got easier for everybody because of what a scoring threat Conley can bring to the table. And and passing, the pick and roll. I remember him playing pick and roll with Marcus Gasol, who's not a high jumper, uh, throwing lobs to him. If Marcus Gasol is catching it and dunking it, you have a great pinpoint passer uh, out of Conley. Brendan, I know that you and I have gotten into this conversation before, and... It, there's so much left unknown with Dante Exum. And I know that we actually hit on this a little bit last night during some back-and-forth conversation, but what's his future? How do the Jazz use him? Is he still a usable commodity? Yeah, he's usable. I mean, listen, I'm sure you hand saw it more than anybody in the NFL. Just sometimes guys get through a string of bad luck. I think it's really hard for us to really judge and say that Dante's, you know, a weakling or – not a tough guy. I mean, he has had some brutal injuries. The shoulder, I've had shoulder surgery. The knees, I've had knee surgery. Those are real deal injuries. Um, I don't know that if we're just facing, if we're just experiencing a guy go through really bad luck. And, man, I hope the best. I hope like crazy that we just get to see Dante play a year injury-free. Um, maybe his body style and the way he plays the game, so style of game, body style as well, it just scientifically relates to injuries. I don't know. But I'll tell you, with that length and athleticism and that first step and ability to get to the rim, if he can just stay healthy, I have to say yes. I have to say yes. He's still valuable for the Jazz. Defensively, he helps the Jazz out. But I just think he's lost a lot of confidence in his own body and in his own ability to stay on the, on the court for more than two weeks three weeks but if if we can see that and if we can see him string together a month or two months i think we'll start to see a different animal but i I tell you my heart goes out for the poor kid because i don't think obviously he knew that it was going to be drawn out this way in his nba career 
but I think he could still be helpful if the, if the poor kid could just stay healthy. Mm-hmm. 97.5, 12.80 The Zone. That's Brenton Johnson joining us from the Jazz pre-half and post-game shows and, uh, of course, helped us out with our Jazz draft coverage last night as uh, the Jazz select three selections in Summer League. Just from your perspective, Summer League's going to start here in the next couple of weeks. What's that like for a player where you're trying to carve out you know, essentially a profession. I mean, this is the mother of all tryouts. You able you, if you're successful, you may make uh, life changing money or even just life, you know, altering money. Um, yeah. And if and if you don't, then uh, you're probably going to be stuck at a day job somewhere. How much pressure is that as a player uh, to be able to handle themselves in those types of situations? Just imagine, Scotty. Not only you are the guy that's experiencing that pressure. You're hearing from your agent. You know, your family wants you to go out there and give it everything you got. Then you have to hear from a coach from the team. And there's 15, sometimes 20 other guys going through the exact same thing. Um, I remember some of the most difficult, physical, and mind-challenging basketball that I've ever experienced was my first year going down to the Orlando Magic as a free agent and trying to make the team. Now, I had a little bit of a leg up on most of the players there because they gave me a a really nice partial guarantee. Actually, no, excuse me, sorry. That partial guarantee didn't kick in until uh, preseason. I went down there without a dime, and I and I was just trying to make the team. And, you know, for me personally, Scott, it was great because I was a better player when I didn't have to think a lot and worry about stuff and, and kind of like, you know, when I was backed into a corner, I would say the honey badger came out of me, and I and I became sort of a ferocious probably not fun type of player to deal with when you were on the other side. And and for me, that was a great I, – I don't know how and why, but I kind of found myself flourishing in those – in that hostile environment. Um, for whatever reason, once I get the contract and they just now expected me to maintain it, that's where my mind went to mush, and I couldn't figure out how to just maintain it. But I'll tell you, a lot of guys did not like that hostility. They didn't like that – that intensity, but for, and, and hands, man, talk about somebody that can speak to this just like I am right now who had to go try and make a team. It's chaotic, Scotty. It's tough because you've got your agent every, every uh, night calling you, shoot the ball, shoot the ball, be aggressive. Then you've got your coach saying, you want to make this yeah. team, run the play, show that you can, you can be coachable, show that you can do the right things to, Uh-oh. For me at the time, oh, it was. There we go. Sorry, am I still there? Yeah, yeah, we lost you there for a second. Go ahead. Sorry, but for me at the time, it was that you can do the things that you play alongside, you know, Tracy McGrady and, and Grant Hill. For these guys, it's Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. And so there's a balancing act of listening to the coach and listening to your agent tell you to go for it. And I'd say that uh, Scotty actually brought up a portion of that conversation that is was really tough for me. It was the alternative. It was if you don't make it, then what are you going to do? You know, if you don't make eight million or ten million, then you're going to go make eleven to twelve dollars an hour. You know, and it's, it, <laughs> yeah. it's it's tough, man. Like those pressures, written they collapse some individuals, and that was one of the harder things for me to deal with. You've got $2.5 million that are they're floating right in front of you, and you've worked your whole life to get to it, and it's right there. And I've got to, I've got to have a performance of my life in order to get that money. And 
and and it's a point of pressure in spring ball or in OTAs or it's especially for me it was in fall camp when I was really trying to make that money. It it's it's hard to explain to people how much pressure that is. It's it's like the border of all borders, right? I mean, I don't know if there's an analogy between the the United States and Mexican Mexico border, but I just remember, like you said, it was one step across the line of going from the minor leagues to the NBA. And life changed. Life was a drastic change. It was Lear Jets, Ritz-Carlton Hotel. Yeah. And back when I was playing, and it was, it was Motel 6s, roommates, and buses. And like you said, $12 an hour. Our per diem per day was $25 a day. You were eating at McDonald's and Subway and Golden Corral. The per diem in the NBA was 150 bucks a day. And you were ordering room service at the Ritz-Carlton. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's kind of a fascinating dynamic of how things drastically change from the minor league to the pros uh, in, in basketball. And things drastically change also when you go overseas. I mean, you have to fight for contracts, try to get them, you know, try to get your money paid to you. You have to have your wife go and have talks with, uh, <laughs> with the general manager. <laughs> yes, that happened. I love that story. His wife goes in there just throwing chairs around saying where's my money man where's my money has a night uh, i mean it's got crazy or what? or turn on the turn on the hot water in our house that's what she yeah. was up there fighting for <laughs> oh man that's well that's you know that's something i, I that's understandable just want some <laughs> hot water i just like a nice warm shower and the, and the smart thing she did was bring it up with the uh what was it the general manager the owner's wife she caught wind of what was going on and then all heck broke loose Sorry, Scotty. What out What what was your question? I'm just saying. Yeah, the smart thing your wife did was uh, that she she said it in front of what was it? The general manager's wife. So when she found out, no, 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 it was the owner's wife. Oh, the the owner of the club. He was like this mafia dude that nobody talked to, and I'm down warming up. And next thing I know, she's got our 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 son on her hip, and I can see her up there, kind of like talking and not talking nicely. And she was up there, you know taking care of business, making sure we got our hot water heater on. And we kept being told manana, manana while we were in Spain. And this was like two weeks in the making. Finally, wifey goes up and we had a mechanic at our house the next day on a Sunday. So she took care of things for us. With the owner's wife. Yeah. yeah. That's the owner's wife was like, get that hot water in their house now. <laughs> hey, Brett, we appreciate it, man. Thanks for joining us and uh, look forward to catching up again here soon. Thanks, Brett. All right, guys. We'll talk soon. See ya.